Ahoy, ye land lovers! Shiver me timbers! It's time to batten down the hatches and set sail for another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. Recorded live for International Talk Like a Pirate Day, September 19th, 2010. Pour yourself a mug of grog, and here be your hosts for an hour of pirate talk. On second thought, doing this for an hour? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Welcome, once again, to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 171, recorded live on Thursday, September 16th, 2010. And here are your hosts, the man who's missing out on lunch to record, Dave Play. Yo, yo. And the man who's missing out on running time, Andy Lowe. Hi. You usually run around now? Well, I have to run six miles today. And according to Weather Underground, there is a storm a-coming. A oh, no. <laughs> That's... I'm sorry. So right now it's uh, chilling over Lake Michigan. Just hit uh, South Bend, so it's just making landfall. Time to get a treadmill? You see, now that's the thing, is I don't like running on a treadmill, because a treadmill is just perfectly flat, and so you're not really building any muscle by running on a perfectly flat surface. You have to have that, some variety in order to strengthen your legs. Most treadmills, you can adjust the angle. I, I know, but I don't want yes. to be running uphill the entire time. Well, then you put it up, and then you bring it down, and then you put it up, and then you bring it down. And that's a lot of work. Yeah. Unless you have one of those fancy treadmills that does it for you. But still, I could just go outside and the ground goes up and down all the time. Okay. But that's the one problem is running outside is you have to deal with the weather. Granted, yeah. sometimes you <laughs> have to deal with the weather on a race day anyway. So so it's good practice. Yeah. It's just sometimes it gets really cold and wet. And sometimes you just don't want to be cold and wet. Uh, that's often, actually. I think that's part of the, like the hierarchy of, of needs. Warm. I think that's under shelter, which is like really early on. I think that is like the first one, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it maybe? F- or is I it don't know. Food then shelter. Is it shelter then food? I don't know. I think it's probably food then shelter. How the hell do you spell hierarchy? <laughs> really? Oh, H-I-E-R. There we go. I tried spelling H-I-G-H. Doesn't work. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Breathing, food, water, sex, sleep, homeostasis, and excretion. It's always good to have some place to poo. <laughs> yep. So yeah, breathing But would then be- you could wash it off. Or, or what was that card? Shake it off? Which spreads the poo to other people? <laughs> Andy and I played with Poo at PAX. It was a card game named Poo, which was a lot like Lunch Money. That's all I guess I, so. That's all I was... The entire time we're playing, I'm sitting there thinking, like, this is Lunch Money, but with Poo. Oh, Lunch Money. That was a fun game. Haven't played that game in forever. Mm-hmm. Poo is pretty fun, though. 
But you're right, the basic needs would probably start out first breathing, because you die after three minutes without air. And then water is three days. And then food and sleep are needed, because sleep is seven days. Food is three weeks. So that would be the uh, basics right there. And then you, yeah. Okay. So then shelter and then... Oh, and then personal security, and then loving and belonging, and then self-esteem. Why are we talking about Maslow's hierarchy at this point? Because I wanted to stay nice and dry and not out in the rain. Right. Well, it's, yeah, oh, okay. No, you can go on then. No, no, That's no. That's fine. No, no, I'm, I, I reached self, uh, self, shoot, what, self-actualization. Have you? No, no, I haven't. I'm, well, maybe I have. I am comfortable with myself. I'm isn't, glad you're comfortable with yourself. Isn't that self-actualization or no? Uh, I have no idea. Come on, Dave. This is somewhat science-y. When a man can be, he must be. No, this is, this is psychology, which I just never really paid that much attention in. I need to realize my potential yes. to be self-actualized. Have you realized your potential, Andy? No. So there we go. That was. I a think being answer. comfortable with yourself is esteem. Yes. Okay. So. So you have physiological safety, love, and belonging, esteem. Now you just need to find what you're gonna do with yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what I'm gonna do with myself right now. Record. I was gonna say do some topics, but record works too. So this last week. Included the 25th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. A dear, dear friend of mine. <laughs> A friend who spent many, many times together. Yep. It's worth noting, my birthday and Mario's birthday are very close. Yes, but you're not Mario, Dave. No. no matter, but no matter, Mario is as old as I am. I just can't believe I'm older than Super Mario Brothers. Yes, you are. you are indeed older than Super Mario Brothers. Which we do have to point out, he's not technically older than Mario, because Mario first appeared in Donkey Kong, which came out before Super Mario well, Brothers. But that wasn't technically Mario, that was Jumpman. But everybody still said it was Mario. Well, didn't wasn't it officially said that it was Mario, or no? Uh, I think later it was, like, it, it was made clear that it's the same person, but in Donkey Kong, his name was Jumpman. Yeah... But yes, you could argue that Donkey Kong was Mario's first appearance. Actually, uh, it might be Game & Watch. There might have been a Mario character in that. Well, let's see, what is Miyamoto says? He was after Sheriff, Pac-Man. Miyamoto wanted to use a game originally with Popeye. Could you, <laughs> could you think of that with Popeye being... Mario being Popeye? Mario being a sailor? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been that difficult to do. You replace the mushroom with spinach... In fact, it really is Popeye. Really? Replace the mushroom with spinach. What else would you need to do besides change the outfit? Ha! <laughs> it is pretty true. So then what about the... Bowser, Bowser is Bluto. Peach is Olive. Well, what about Fire Mario? Uh, that's just Japanese weirdness. <laughs> really? Okay, so just to worry... Um, the name Mario came from Nintendo of America's warehouse landlord, Mario Segal. Yeah. Never knew that. I did. Because I've read the ultimate history of video games. Well, I've read 
all the works of Tom Clancy and Michael Crichton. And all and, the works of Tom Clancy? All, okay, all of his fictional work. All of the fiction. I mean, he was written a lot. Yes. Did you read The Bear and the Dragon? Yes. Oh, well, the, good for you. That was between the uh, Russians and the Chinese. Yeah. Yep. I, I rather enjoyed that one. And I remember the uh, the U.S. Army people that had come in to help the Russians were confused why the Russians were not willing to give up or retreat territory. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about the Russian ideals of defending our land at all costs. Motherland. For the motherland. Yeah. Fire the missiles. <laughs> ah, motherland. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. And then Australia is just like, what the fuck, mate? Or sorry, WTF, w- WTF mate. WTF, mate. Mm. We're going old school, it Come seems. Come on, Andy, get your meme sound. I'm, you know how long it's been since I've seen that meme, too? Longer than Double Rainbow. <laughs> I haven't actually seen the original Double Rainbow video. Uh, I've seen clips of it. I've seen clips of everybody at PAX doing a Double Rainbow song. Yeah, that was just kind of bizarre. Because <laughs> you got, we got the, what was it, like the Proto Men, MC Frontalot, and uh, Joko, and Paul and Storm, I think, were all just out there, and they just did a whole, all of them together did our double rainbow song. Oh, only at PAX. Pretty much. So, Dave, how do you think the past 25 years have gone? For Mario? Yeah. Very well. It's the most internationally recognized mascot out there? I thought Ronald McDonald was. No, more people know Mario than, like, anyone else. Really? That's kind of unexpected. I thought it was going to be... I'm pretty sure Mario beats out Mickey. Ooh. But it's just kind of weird that we're putting Mario on the same level as things like Mickey Mouse, Ronald McDonald. He's just such a well-known gamer character. Plus... You start playing the Super Mario Brothers theme, and everybody knows what that theme is. Like every, not even I'm, I'm not sure if my parents would know. And then you have the underground theme. Yep, it's iconic. Hey, that's a good lullaby right there. Really? Da 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 da. Da, 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 da. You tell me that's not a good lullaby. Um, I have never used it as a lullaby, so I... Well, I hope not, because you don't have kids. Although you do have a niece, don't you? Yes. But... You should sing it to her. Yeah, she doesn't really like me. She's scared of me, and I'm not sure exactly why. I don't mm-hmm. know. We originally thought it was because I wore hats. She didn't <laughs> like hats. Okay. But the past couple of times I've gone over there, no hats. So, In 1990, a national survey showed that more kids knew Mario than Mickey Mouse. Ah, God, and that was back in 1990. Yeah. Well, granted, that was 20 years ago. So Mario was still... Yeah, so Mario was five. And Mario was in the heyday of the NES. Yes, but now everyone still recognizes Mario from that... And there's been 20 more years of it. God, how many Mario games have there been? According to Wikipedia, Mario has been in over 200 games. Jesus. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and think of all of them. There's just 
Way too many. <sighs> 25 years. Yeah. Do you know what else is old? What else is old? Classical music. Uh, almost by definition, isn't it? Yes. Cause it's from what the, is the definition of classical? I don't even know. Because there's the classical, well, there's the generic classical music, and then there's the actual specific classical era. There's classical classical. Yeah, rather than like Baroque or Renaissance. So there's a classical style, and then there's classical. Yeah, which otherwise also might be known as like symphonic or something else like that. Okay. Um, but, so, classical music itself is copyright free. Right, because... Well, it, it would almost have... I mean, it's so long ago. But um, do you know that most recordings of copyright music are not... Pro- right, they're protected by copyright because it was the orchestra's work of creating it. Yes. So most recordings of classical music is not... <clears throat> Which I, I completely understand. I mean, I should be able to go and take the... Uh, like an open source book and do a reading of it and sell the reading and have it protected by copyright. Because it's your reading of an open source project. Right. Which is why our intro and outro themes are actual... <laughs> some years old. No, Dave, they're from 1920s. So 90 years old? Yeah. Because the orchestras that were had recorded those had recorded them before... The copyright date. So everything about them is copyright free. So there's a project going on called Muse Open. I'm not sure. That sounds like a horrible name. Muse Open? Muse It sounds like a drug. It kind of does. But um, their idea was to actually take these um, copyright free st- stuff and they would actually either get um, quartets or other things to actually like record them for free or they would raise money to get to basically pay the orchestra to record them. And they were just, they were just doing like simple things like piano sonatas and quartets and small ensembles, solos Mm -hmm. and small ensembles. Well, now they have um, raised $11,000 to basically hire an entire symphony to record the entire symphonies of Beethoven, Brahms, Tchaikovsky, and, shoot, who's this last guy? Sibelius? Sibelius. Sibelius. I got three out of the four. Wait, maybe not Sibelius. I don't know. Let me go <laughs> where are we... Because Sibelius is, is Bach's middle name, isn't it? Johann Sibelius Bach? No, Johann Sebastian Bach. No, Andy, how many children did Bach have? Oh, God, I used to know this. Where are you seeing these names? Uh, oh, yeah, Sibelius. All right. So they have um, raised $11,000 to basically get a full orchestra to record all of their symphony works. And they are going to record them in a lossless format and post them on the internet for everybody to use for whatever purpose they want to use. By well, making. it looks like... Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, what does it look like? Uh, uh, it looks like there was no child Johann Sibelius Bach. Yes. Okay, so I had gotten two composers very confused, and now Kat, next time she sees me, is going to kick me. For not, for confusing two yes. composers who have been dead for how many years? Uh, about 260, 
almost exactly. Well, for Bach. I don't know about Sibelius. I don't know how long he's been dead for. But I think it's a really neat idea that they're like, well, these works are I, Yeah, I wholeheartedly free. prove. And so... Um, uh, Sibelius is not nearly as long as Bach. No, yeah, 1957. Yeah. <sighs> Sibelius is very recent. He, he was old when he died. 90-something, jeez. 92? It's my grandfather's age. Long and fruitful life. He's also on the Finnish 100 mark bill. Cool. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. So, yeah, people were donating amounts, and the more you donated, you'd get certain things. Like, for a $25 donation, you'd get a data CD containing all the recording files. Okay. And for a $1,000 donation, you'd get a sponsorship of a particular recording, plus you'd get an iPod containing all the recordings. Nice. So, but the um, the group has already reached its uh, price to cover the orchestra fees and recording fees, and they say for any additional $1,000 it raises by the time it records, it will record another set of compositions, such as Mozart's violin sonatas and other things that use a symphony. Nice. So. I like this project. Yeah, it's a really neat idea of just saying, hey, these works are supposed to be free, so let's make them free. Make them free. free. Yay. And that's free as in beer, not speech. What? What? Free as in beer? Yeah, there's two types of free. Okay. There's free as in beer and free as in speech. Ah. Okay, so price versus openness. Price versus use. Okay. I guess. So, uh, open source software is free, generally free as in speech. But it's also free as in beer. No, 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 no. No? No. No. For instance, Linux. Red Hat. Right. Gotcha. They are required to publish their source code, but they can also charge for it. Yeah. Which is, I just realized, if somebody didn't know about Linux or Red Hat, that would make no sense. They would just be, all they would hear is Linux, Red Hat, right. Red Hat. Which is why I explained it. <laughs> oh, sometimes I'm very inside baseball, but other times, not so much. No. So speaking of beer, Dave. Yes. What is this? So this was a, a, an experiment over at MIT. Okay. Of all places. And it was a question of preconception and how that will affect your sensation of something. So they gave students two beers. One was labeled Beer A, one was labeled Beer B. Beer A was Budweiser. Okay. And Beer B was labeled something like uh, MIT. Yeah, it was a special mix called MIT Brew. And it's Budweiser with two drops of balsamic vinegar. Per ounce. So about 20... No, for each beer. No, no. Oh, yeah, sorry, for each ounce. You're correct. I've got it right in front of me, Dave. I hadn't seen that. I didn't read it to that. <gasps> I, I, shush. I, I skimmed over the word ounce. <gasps> I saw drops of balsamic vinegar for each beer. <gasps> I can't actually breathe it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and... So they split the group up into two halves, as any good experiment would be. And they told the first half what was going to be in beer B. 
And then at the end, after they, they sample the two beers, they're offered a glass of their choice. And most people in the group who knew beforehand beer B would have vinegar just wanted the regular bud. But the group that wasn't told, that was they were told that this is MIT brew. There's nothing, you know, we, we aren't going to tell you what went into it. Uh, the majority of them actually enjoyed it and asked for more of that. Hmm. So... So their preconception of what it should taste like actually changed the taste. I I could see that. It's always that classic humorous joke of, uh, oh, this tastes good. What is it? And they used to say something really disgusting, like cockles or something like that. Cockles? Yeah. Sorry, I was watching Top Chef. That was the first food that popped in my head. Okay. I'm not exactly sure what cockles are, but it just sounds funny. And then somebody would just be like, oh, it's like fried ants and caterpillars or something. And then after they hear that, that's when they would go and throw up. See, but this is the kind of the opposite of that. This is after they hear that, they're like, oh, well, I'm going to start eating more uh, ants and caterpillars. But ahead of time, they're like, ew, fried ants and caterpillars. That's going to taste horrible. Right. This tastes disgusting. It tastes like ants and caterpillars. I don't know how you'd know what ants and caterpillars taste like, but... I did know someone who'd eat ants off the ground. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Wasn't me. I met him at camp. Gotcha. Whatever you say. So the the point of this article, though, is that our sensations, our interpretations of the world around us are completely biased. Because they always are. It's how it's how we always see things. Yep. The it's not the theory of relativity. Cause, well, no. it could be a broader view of the theory of relativity of how things. No, no, no it, it it can't. No. Damn. That's not relativity. Well, isn't relativity based off of your location and how you perceive things? Relativity is about your speed and how you perceive the flow of time. Well, maybe you could perceive just broaden it out to perceive the world or, I know there are going to be physics majors who are just going oh yeah Andy stop <laughs> fine so here's something I already knew what George Lucas owns droid yeah I'm not sure if we talked about it or not I'm pretty sure we did because we mentioned that Verizon had to uh, license it hmm well it seems that they're still very particular about it because there's uh, a company called AdDroid who is uh, serving up is an ad serving platform, hence ad. And so um, they got a cease and desist letter from LucasArts telling them to change their name. Yeah. So it seems kind of ridiculous. But then also I'm thinking like, well, it, they could just say it's based off of the word Android. But then I'm thinking, wait a second. Google technically owns Android now. Uh, does Google own the the word Android? Or did they have to lease that from somebody else? I think that's common now. I don't think Android is owned. And Andy goes to the copyright office. <laughs> well, they, I knew it was Android Incorporated when Android first started out, so... It, yeah, but like it's been used in sci-fi for 50-some years. I mean, if anything, Star Trek should own it. No, because I it wouldn't it be like a uh, oh 
is the first. I shoot. I should know this. Oh, entomology of Android. First mentioned by Saint Albus Mangus in twelve seventy. Yeah, pretty sure that's beyond copyright. Yeah, and it was popularized by the French writer in eighteen eighty six. Hmm. Oh God, that's it. Oh, geez, that's a creepy Android on the Android Wikipedia page. She, really? She looks human. Ah. Creepy. Oh, is it the the uncanny crevice or whatever? The uncanny valley. Valley. Yeah, that too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that would definitely be Uncanny Valley. So, it's just another interesting thing that we seem to have all these scientific words that are now slowly... Matriculating into common language? Yeah. But just, that's, that's the way it goes. So, Andy. Yes. I know what I've been playing the last couple of days. What have you been playing? Um, I've been playing Fallout 3. Why do yeah? You, why do you ask? Because I've been playing Halo Reach. Ah, I'm sorry. Why? <laughs> well, who have you been playing? It's a fantastic game. Have you been playing with people you know, or just I've played the campaign so far with Brian Beth. Ah, and I played a little bit of Firefight today, just before we recorded. In fact, well, I'm I'm guessing you don't have. You, well, I know you don't have the new Xbox or the four gig Xbox Slim model. That is correct. Because it seems that you need an Xbox 360 hard drive to play, to play multiplayer aspects of Halo Reach. Yep. And it also, quote-unquote, requires an Xbox 360 certified hard drive. Yep. Which is the first time that anybody said anything about it. Because Microsoft knows if you basically did the old hack with the Western digital hard drives and just made your own Xbox 360 hard drive. They knew that, but they didn't do anything about it. Well, now it seems they actually did something about it. Oh, which is funny. Andy, what's your gamer tag? Um, the QS20. Oh, is there a space? Yes. Is that what I'm missing? Okay. There is a space. I'm That's sorry I'm... that I actually, you know, used the space character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else is just using underscores and dashes and blah, blah, blah. No, I want a space. There's a space in there, so I'll... Okay. I was just looking up your uh, history, seeing if you were lying to me and maybe you've actually played... Nope. Why do you list yourself in hell? (laughs) My location, hell, Michigan. It used to be more closer to the truth than it is now. Right. You've moved away from hell. Oh, I gotta change that. It's been so long. Does it still say I'm a man of many hats or something like that? Is my yes, the man of many hats. Ah, hats. There we are. So, to play multiplayer Halo Reach, you need an Xbox 360 hard drive, which seems a little odd because yeah, it doesn't seem to make much sense to me, especially since the four gigs of space on your Slim model is considered a memory unit and not a hard drive and therefore is not able to be used. Which seems ridiculous. That it four gigs is not considered enough space. That's, that's most likely probably more room than they actually have on the disc. Well, almost the same amount of room that you have on the actual game disc itself. Right. So I, I don't know why they made this decision. I don't know why it's making this check. It seems rather pointless to me. And I expect that with enough outcry, it may actually change. Mm, maybe, but well, 
Okay, I'm just kind of curious to see how much this has shown up on Google News. I'll just put Halo and Hard Drive. Oh, Shack News. MTV Blog now. Ooh. Uh, new controller. Yada, yada, yada. So there's only been a couple of 329 news articles about the hard drive on Halo Reach. So, okay, it's getting some traction. Mm-hmm. But it also means that everybody who bought the cheap hard drives on eBay as I stare at myself, is going to be screwed with that game. But it's Halo, which I don't play. So, meh. Which is odd, because you played the first couple. I did. I played the first three for the story. Well, this is story-driven as well. Yes, but um, I'm also not a big proponent of buying games new. Ah, other, true. Other than games I thoroughly enjoy. I, like, I bought Fallout 3 new. I bought Assassin's Creed 2 new. Uh, Arkham, oh, the Batman game, Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. Bought that new, but Halo? No, no. I, th- I think I'm, I think I'm good. Hey, how bad is the campaign if you play uh, solo rather than the co-op mode? In Reach? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't tried it solo yet. <gasps> Sad. What? We made an agreement to play through as a group first. Ah. Okay. After that, I'll go back and I'll play it on Legendary by myself and get my ass kicked. Yeah, you see, I play for the story, so I don't really need the legendary mode. I play for the story, too, and then I play for legendary for the achievements. Wait, I'm supposed to be the one who's playing for achievements, not you. I know. (laughs) So pick up the damn game. (laughs) I'm in the middle of Fallout 3 right now. My guy's literally, right before we recorded, he was sitting in the underground tunnels. Join the 200 million of us that bought it on the first day. No, more than two... No, wait, no. 200 million in sales, Dave. Okay. So it's $60 a pop. Oh, yeah. Go. $200 million, not copies. I see. Yeah. Divided by 60. That's... 3,000... No, 3,333,333.33333, yada, yada, yada. So the 3 million people who have already bought it. 3.3 million people. Yes. Come on, in one day it sold a quarter of WoW's subscription base? Hey man, everybody's all about the Halos. Damn right. There's even a, um, a thing on Funny or Die which showed um, LL Cool J and Snoop Dogg playing Halo Reach. Basically like trying to mess up the other person. Like the... Uh, LL Cool or uh, Snoop Dogg sent a um, LL Cool J some like pizza, and then LL Cool J told uh, the leaked it on Twitter that Snooky was at Snoop Dogg's house, and then Snoop Dogg sent a marching band to LL Cool J's house, and then LL <laughs> Cool J sent a uh, a flatbed truck full of bikini-clad women to Snoop Dogg's house, and Snoop Dogg was just like, "Dude, a flatbed full of bikini-clad women? That's just another Wednesday over here." <laughs> wow and, the, and then they had uh, Chuck Or the guy who plays Chuck I, I don't know the guy's name I just know him as Chuck Okay From Chuck Right He was in there too And then at the very end All three of them get killed And they're like Oh man who was that And then it turns out it's like And that's how Wayne Newton Plays Halo bitches And he just <laughs> drops the Controller and walks away Singing Donka Shane That is great Is, is that online? 
yes, it's on Funny or Die. I'm not sure exactly where, but oh, even the even the celebrities are playing Halo Reach now. Snoop Dogg versus LL Cool J, the ultimate Halo SmackDown. Yep, there you go. So speaking of first-person shooters, Call yes. of Duty Black Ops is going to be coming out. Okay. And um, you know how there's normally like the collector's edition, which has yes. something a little bit special? Yes. Um, this might be the ultimate collector's edition. What is that? Um, Chrysler, therefore Jeep. Um, since the Jeep Wrangler is the quote-unquote hero vehicle in the upcoming shooter, shooter, Chrysler will be rolling out a special Call of Duty edition of the Jeep Wrangler. Really? Yes. How much is this going to cost? Uh, I don't know, because they just announced the uh, 2011 lineup just the other day. So they're saying, hey, it's going to be coming out. It's a 2011 Jeep Wrangler that we're going to make a Call of Duty edition of. But that's all they said, because they just announced the lineup yesterday. Wow. So you, uh, you want to get an Ultimate uh, Collector's Edition. You get a car? <laughs> yep, you get a... Man, this is just going to escalate the collector's edition war. Oh, look at you with your mini Halo helmet. I've got a Jeep. <laughs> oh, look at you with your Jeep. I got a house with my collector's edition. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto V now comes with a uh, your own version of the safe house. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto V, you get a, a blood diamond. <laughs> Um, flight simulator with its own uh, jet. <laughs> its own aircraft. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Play it in the game. Now fly it in real life. So if I buy a, a collector's edition Alienware laptop, do I get a UFO? Yes, but Dave, it turns out it's just two uh, pie pans glued together. It's two what? It's two oh, pie two pans glued together yeah. and then thrown in the air. Sorry to spoil that for you. <laughs> collector's Art. edition of Assassin's Creed 3 you get your finger cut off ow <laughs> no no they don't do that anymore remember they just oh, that's right they they stopped that yeah they all you, all you gotta do is just well I don't know if I want to spoil it or not because that's yeah they don't cut your finger off sorry to right. spoil that for people we'll, we'll stop there they don't cut your finger off anymore no you learn that pretty early on in the game but yeah I'm trying to think of what else there would be. Hmm. No, I think I can't. I can't stop the uh, flight simulator. The flight simulator with your own jet. Yeah. Modern warfare. You get to enlist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, choose your side: Taliban or the U.S. Armed Forces. <laughs> Bad Andy. <laughs> Welcome to the Taliban. The FBI will be at your house shortly. Yeah. Okay, so there's... Rock band, you get a rock star. <laughs> rock band. Ozzy Osbourne comes to your house. No, uh, rock band, you get your own uh, album. Of you... You get your own album. Yeah, of you singing your rock band tunes. Right. You get, you get uh, a day at a recording studio. Which may or may not be bad. Who knows? Be better than America's Got Talent. Yeah, that is true. Or uh, to, uh, fucking Idol. American Idol. Yeah, God, is that still the number one show on American television last year? I hope, well, I don't suppose it's changed since last year. 
No. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, last year's is still going to be last year's, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So if it was, then yes, it was. Yeah. So speaking of cars. Yes. Um, Chevy Volt. The Chevy Volt, the electric, well, the technically supposedly electric vehicle uh, with its 40-mile electric driving range, also has an internal combustion engine and therefore needs gas, and also, it turns out, will burn gas no matter what. If um, there, is a, there is a maintenance mode of the thing, if you never use your engine after a while, it will, it will tell you to either A, drive beyond the 40-mile range to use the engine, or it will use the engine automatically on its own to burn gas. Well, but how often will it burn gas by itself? Well, I, I thought that like I saw something saying maintenance mode. Yeah, it, I don't assume it's in maintenance mode all the time. No, it just it will run through maintenance mode every. Nobody knows what the time interval is yet because GM hasn't said, and nobody's had an actual production model yet. So nobody knows exactly how mo- how uh, long or how often it's going to run into this maintenance mode, but people know it's going to happen. So even if you drive 40 miles a day and you're always on battery, every once in a while you're going to burn some gas and then you're going to have to fill up because it's not allowed to drive without any gas in the tank. So your electric vehicle could run out of gas. Hmm. Yep. It, it makes sense, though, because you're not supposed to keep gas in a tank for months and months and months. That's why you're technically you're supposed to empty out your lawnmower tank after the final mow of the season. Because gas does not like just sitting around. It gets gunky right. and icky and just doesn't work very well if it's old gas. So this one will burn some gas to keep things flowing, keep things volatile rather than all settled. But also the Chevy Volt will come with OnStar. And now OnStar means um, Facebook. OnStar and Facebook? Yes. Are integrated? Yep, your OnStar is going to have Facebook. That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. I don't want people on the road checking their farms. No, no, well, right now, the current, the only thing you're allowed to do with Facebook is to listen to your news feed as it's read to you or to basically upload your status as an audio update right now because they haven't had the uh, text-to-speech stuff done yet. So that's technically all you're allowed to do. Okay. And um, if somebody sends you a message, all they will send back, like, you can't send text messages yet through OnStar. Well, you, huh. you, you can, but all it can say is, the text message will just say, I'm driving. I will text you later or something like that. This still sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, it's got Facebook integration. And they're also opening the API to third parties. Oh, God. Yeah, which remember how we talked about how um, you could shut down a car through its maintenance port? Yep. Which is how OnStar basically runs. You think someone's going to write a virus that can go into through the Facebook API? And then mess with your OnStar? It could happen. Who knows? So yeah, It'd be they- really interesting if you could write uh, like a Facebook app to start your car. Oh, they, um, they have... They're opening apps 
to OnStar for your phone so you can unlock the doors, start your car, work the horn, that sort of stuff. Oh, I, I know that you're allowed to do that with the phone, but I'm saying that someone writes a Facebook app to do it. So I'm sitting in my apartment, I log into Facebook, I start my car, and I go outside and it's turned on. Well, why don't you just have an app on your phone that does that? Which they because are- I don't have an iOS device. Is it just iOS stuff? I thought I they haven't were- seen one for Android. Hmm. Well, maybe with this new OnStar update, Android will be next. Perhaps. You never know. Not that I have OnStar anyway, so it doesn't make much difference. Not that I will ever want OnStar, but... Yeah, it's a little creepy. <laughs> it's It's been creepy for a while now, and this just makes it even worse. Facebook yeah. on there, and the ability to open it up to third parties. Oh, that does not look good. See what else was a bad idea? There's more bad ideas? Yes. Bad- uh... Giving your money to someone else? Yeah, that's also, well, depends on who it is. Blindly trusting someone with your entire savings? Maybe. Is this another game where there's no form of legal enforcement? God, it's like every few weeks there's another story that pops out of Eve, and it's, oh my, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, for those of you who haven't guessed yet, Eve Online had another heist. Again. (laughs) <laughs> yet another investment fraud man people are just evil and eve yeah like on the one hand my god these people are terrible on the other hand thank god they're only doing it in a game and not in the real world so this guy starts he, he joins in and basically an investment firm in eve and Works his way up the ranks, works his way up the ranks, and does the work, and works hard, and finally gets to the top, and the company thinks it's safe, because he doesn't have more than 50% of the vote, so he can't just assume control. What they didn't know is that he had been making dummy accounts, (laughs) and those accounts were part of the other 51% that he didn't control. And so he actually had more than 50%. He fired the entire board of the company and took the money and ran. Oh, God, this is – just reading it is just ridiculous. Him creating the – oh, man. These... It's like a – it's like freaking heist movie material now. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's great. <laughs> oh, side note, speaking of Eve, I talked to some of the Eve developers at PAX. Yeah, and I found out exactly what happened with that um, the pilot licenses. The pilot licenses. Remember the ones that got blown up and destroyed? And like, yes, yes. Um, it was. It's a fifty fifty percent chance for them dropping as loot, but for the whole stack. Oh God! So it was all oh, seventy. No. It was like all seventy two of them had a. It was just one fifty fifty chance for them to drop or not drop. And it was a no, and so the entire stack got destroyed in the process. Disappeared. Yeah. Oh God, that's awful. So that's why some of that's why all of them disappeared, and not just some of them. It's because it's a fifty-fifty chance for each stack of items. Did they say what they're gonna do with like this money they've made for nothing? Um, they haven't figured that out yet. They also gave me a weird pig-looking thing for Aeon. I don't know. How- how or why, because it's not their game, but... Yeah, CCP, uh... I went straight to the source to figure out that one. 
the the one time of the year that we can do that. Yeah. God, I can't. Wow. Came down to a coin flip. Those poor bastards. Yep. So, viral marketing mm-hmm. works for some things. Sometimes, Games. Yeah. Phones. Do, do you think a, a Holly fuel injector? Fuel injector. Is, what the hell is a Holly fuel injector? Holly is a company that makes carburetors and fuel injectors, like performance stuff for basically racing. Okay. And for car engines, they're performance auto parts. And um, one of the so it was posted on a random forum about how this guy found these prototype looking parts that two guys were discussing at a coffee shop and both of them went to the bathroom or something. And so the guy was able to get photos of this and he was posted like, Oh, look what I found. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I snapped a few photos and then the guy, it, it seemed a little fishy because one, why would you be bringing prototype materials to your local coffee shop? <laughs> Labeled prototype material. Yeah. And, um... Although, I, I gotta point out, one could ask why you brought a prototype phone to a bar. Real-world testing. Now, the real-world testing of these, which are definitely look like just the molds and not actual cast parts, I, I don't know. Because these, this is not real-world testing. This is two guys going, oh, hey, look at this. We have these things. What if, and what if we adjust this? Yeah. Um, so somebody seemed a little fishy. So somebody on the forums clicked on the post, and it gave the link to where the images were hosted. And then he found the photo bucket account was named Stockby. So he Googled photo bucket Stockby, and one of the top search results was images at another forum so the post was for a part out of a nissan and it had and in it was a contact email address slash phone number for the poster and therefore the stockby photo bucket account holder and he looked at the email and then he googled that email and one of the links was his facebook account that was attached to that email and then he went onto the person's facebook page which led him to his tumblr page and the latest post on the Tumblr was, A new door has opened. Hey all, I'm happy to report I received a tour of Holly Performance Parts yesterday, and during the tour, I was able to get a bird's eye view of my desk. That's right. On Monday, I'll be starting a marketing internship with the company. Well, that internship is not going to last long. <laughs> nope. A little bit of sleuthing and, oh, look, your whole, hey, this is surprising. Yeah, no, not really. Nope. Fail. Ouch. Yep. Why would you even try a... I mean, something like that just doesn't seem like you'd want to viral market it. No, that's... It's a very specific, like... That's what I told Dave. What's what's a Holly carburetor? What's a Holly fuel injector? You have a very particular audience. Why don't you That are going to be interested in no matter what. Yeah. So why don't you just go to the forums and post and say, Hey, look at our new... We've got something new. You guys should look at it. Just thought it'd be fun to post it on there and not go all sneaky, sneaky on them. Oh. Sad. Yeah. So YouTube is going to try live broadcasts. Eh? Yes. Of what? Of just stuff. They've, they've already done it a couple of times. They did a YouTube concert. They did the White House interview with the president. They did E3 streams. But now um, 
uh, yesterday, actually, at 8 a.m., they did live streaming with a couple of their partners like Rocket Boom and Howcast and stuff. Okay. So you could do a live YouTube stream channel, and they will have a live comments manual that you'll be able to... So this is YouTube trying to, to muscle in on, like, Ustream's territory. Yeah, Ustream and Justin TV and that sort of stuff. And Kick or Quick or whatever it's called. The, the, the Quick... Q-I-K? Yeah. So they, they, did a, they did a trial for yesterday, well, last Sunday and last Monday. So hopefully... How did it go? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. YouTube really okay. hasn't... They tried it out, and they haven't really said anything about it yet. Okay. So YouTube might be going live, which seems a little weird. But granted, that would be... YouTube's got a lot of bandwidth and a lot of viewers... I think a, l- a lot more than Ustream, but I'm not exactly sure how many Ustream viewers there are. So it's just something interesting to see, something evolving, like Twitter, <laughs> which I didn't really know about because I never actually really have used Twitter's homepage. Mm-hmm. But, oh, that's right. Twitter's, they're, they're updating their page. Yep. Where they're going to have basically two panes. One is your Twitter feed, like you normally would see, and the second pane is all your... Like, if somebody links a YouTube video, you could actually watch it on the Twitter page. Or if somebody links a Flickr photo or a TwitPic, you could actually open it up right on the Twitter page itself. And then you can get, if you click on a person, you could get all their profile data. Basically just cuts all these extra clicks and just leaves you on the Twitter homepage the entire time. That's actually quite clever. Which is stuff that you could do, you know, like with TweetDeck and other things. Yeah. So... Uh, it's Twitter evolving to where people have already taken Twitter. Yep. All right. What do we have left? Uh, Internet Explorer 9. The beta is now out. Available for your downloading pleasure. Evidently, uh, it is the most standards compliant Internet Explorer yet. Which is With support for HTML5. Ooh. Well then. You were about to say which isn't saying much. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it actually I don't remember oh, excuse me. Ooh. Uh there's God, I think it's called the acid test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it runs a bunch of supposedly the standard stuff and sees what breaks on different uh browsers. Yeah. It scores very well on that. It's it's somewhere in the nineties. Well that's good. How does that compare to Firefox on the acid test, though? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm running Firefox. Let me go hit the acid test. Acid 3. God, there's three acid tests. I'm uh, with Firefox 3. What is this? This is 3.6? Yeah. Uh, I score 94. Ah, so it's almost on par now. Well, yes, except Firefox 4 is already in uh, beta. Yes, I've got actually Minefield downloaded to my um, laptop because I wanted to try out a 64-bit browser on my 64-bit system. Ah. Which turns out um, there is no uh, Flash yet out for a 64-bit browser. So I'm running a beta Flash on my beta browser. I'm not sure how well that's going to work. I just saw something about 64-bit Flash. I know, Adobe Labs has got their thing coming out with it soon. Like today. Oh, today? 
I, I saw something today about it. Let us check the news. Oh, new 64-bit Flash released for OS X, but it's still a resource hog. Oh. So not for Windows. That's too bad. Fail. Sell Flash Player on a 64-bit operating system. Oh, oh you must use a 32-bit browser. Yep. Internet Explorer supposedly has Flash 64-bit support. So cool. IE9 might have it, so you could download a beta browser and get a beta Flash. Yep. <laughs> so is that everything? That's everything, except uh, we have two things left. Yes. The games. I forgot what my game is this week. Go, go, Google Docs. Go, Google. <laughs> go, go, Google. No, that's the guest list. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> what are you doing editing the guest list? I'm adding all the guests that we haven't added yet, you know, since episode oh. 160. And there's Braid no- and Amplitude. Oh, Braid. God. That has... All right, Dave, what is Amplitude? Amplitude was a game from Harmonix. It was the sequel to a game called Frequency. Oh, Frequency. And it Amplitude. was kind of the precursor to Rock Band and Guitar Hero. It was a rhythm game on the PlayStation 2, and each track only had three buttons, but you would switch between the tracks. So one track was the synth, one track was the vocals, one track was the bass, one track was the, uh, the second synth, one track was the lead guitar. So it, it sort of looks like... Um... Simplistic rock band. Without the instruments. Oh, what's, is, isn't it Wipeout that sort of has that sort of view to it or no? I don't know. God, I Google Wipeout and all I get is the TV show. No, I want the video game. Wipeout HD, there we go. It sort of looks like Wipeout, but then it's got more of a music vibe to it. Oh, this site is way too much loading. Bah. But Braid, it was indie game that came out on... um. Live Arcade. Live Arcade. And some guy spent, like, tens of thousands of dollars developing. And it was, it's a puzzle platformer, and it's all about time, where time is not constant with different things. You control it. Well, sometimes, yeah, you sort of can control, where sometimes the time will run backwards, sometimes time will run forwards, there's time bubbles that can not affect time or can affect time depending on what's going on. There's some levels where time will slow down the farther into the level you go. Sometimes if you run to the right, time will go forwards. If you run to the left, time will go backwards. And there's also a story going on in the background, but there's like a, there's a main story and then there's a secondary story that you kind of have to find, kind of like the... Um, the star levels of Super Mario World, where it's you, you can beat the main game, but you haven't really beat the game until you've beaten all the secondary stuff. And the secondary stuff is hard to get done. There's one level where you literally have to wait for like an hour and a half before it's set up so you can get the star mode. So it's it was just a it's one of the few puzzle games where I made sure not to do any walkthroughs, and it still took me forever. But I'm a fan of puzzles, so. As you'll see on our list at some point. <laughs> oh, the list. So that was Braid and Amplitude. God, now I feel like I'm, I have to try the speed run on Braid at some point. Good luck. Yeah, it's been so long, I've forgotten any of the puzzle solutions, so my speed run's going to be four. Oh, no. 
my speed run's going to be so slow. Yep. And last but not least, Andy, the random topic, if you please. I rolled ahead of time. What would it take for you to ditch your flat screen and go back to a CRT monitor? For the CRT means the old cathode ray tube. Yeah, the old TV-looking monitors. The big, heavy TV-looking monitors. I would need to be paid, and I'd need a new desk. (laughs) Because my desk would not take two... 24-inch CRTs. Those things were heavy. I just had the one, and my CRT monitor, the plastic was from, like, the 80s, and so the plastic started getting brittle. The monitor broke its own stand that it was sitting on because it was so heavy. Like, I'm just sitting there, and I'm trying to move it, and all of a sudden I just hear a snap, and I look in the back, and the plastic's actually been cracked around the base because it was so heavy that it cracked its own freaking thing. Oh, so yeah, you, you need a new desk. You need something that's big because the CRT monitors were not did not have that high of a resolution unless you got into the giant ones. And most of the pluses for the CRT monitor have kind of disappeared. Like I don't really see ghosting on a LCD. No, you you won't. And there's no burn. Well, to speak of, there's no burning. Yeah, for an LCD, I yeah even the plasmas now don't have burning, which was their major concern back then. So, I need somebody to carry it. I would have to get another monitor because there's no way in hell I'm taking that to any LAN party at all. Yep. And new debt. Oh God, those CRT monitors were a pain in the butt. Plus, most of the stuff now you'd have to get a widescreen CRT monitor, and we're not sure if anybody even makes those. Do they make a widescreen CRT? I don't know. I think we've probably answered the question at this point, though. Uh, yeah. 34-inch widescreen CRT, $963. Wow! 30-inch widescreen CRT HDTV, $269. Whew. That's got to be a pain in the... Mm. <laughs> oh, there's a HD widescreen monitor that cannot do progressive scan images, which makes no sense. Oh, no, wait, yeah, it does. Oh, jeez. And you'd have to get a flat screen to CRT too, be even heavier because it's more glass in the front. Right. So, I'm not thinking there's much that could get me back to a CRT monitor. Oh, they're big. They're bulky. They're expensive. They're. Oh. They take up way more power too, don't they? Yes. Oh yes. Plus they're analog too, so. You can't really get any... Yes, you could get a high-def signal to it, but you would have to convert it from digital back to analog before you displayed it, which means you would lose some of the clarity. Yeah, so not so much. No. No. No, no, no. Nope, nope, nope. All right. Well, I think that's it. Yep. Thank you, Andy, for agreeing to record on the off day. Eh, every day's an off day for me now. Well, I, I meant, like, off of our regular schedule. Oh... Seeing as how it's Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to go back to Fallout 3 because it's raining up. Raining? Uh, yeah. Well, that's good to know. I'll be sure to take an umbrella. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the edge is at Lansing right now. So. Oh, jeez. All right. Good to know. Yep. Grab an All umbrella, right. Dave. Bye, everyone. Bye.